Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Soul Coach, the podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you are one of my faithful listeners, thank you so much for all your love and support. I really appreciate it. Uh, So I did a quick little podcast episode on uh, last week. Uh, to introduce you to this week's episode and uh, it was about happiness and really like finding you know what makes you happy and to do a little exercise on you know what are like the things that'll make you the happiest and really start going uh, towards that so this week episode um, was something that hit me while I was writing down like happiness like what will make me happy and it was about uh, my inner child and doing the inner child work and we're going to talk about that uh, big time uh, on this week's podcast episode so let's get started All right, you guys, if you haven't listened to the previous episode about happiness, I suggest you do that now before you listen to this episode, because you're not going to understand what I'm talking about if you just jump into this episode. So definitely go back, listen to the happiness episode is the one right before this one, and then come back to this. When I was sitting down doing the exercise and the happiness, um, you know, like my exercise for happiness, <laughs> I open up a can of worms because we can sit here and write down things about what makes us happy all day long. And we can look at those goals and be like, you know, like I had mentioned, like those things are so simple about, you know, the five little things that I wrote down and make me the happiest, you know, uh, what city, you know, would make me the happiest and like what that looks like, you know, for me. And it was just some of the simplest things. And I'm just like, oh my God, April, like seriously. But in hindsight, it's actually not that easy for me because it goes back to self-worth. And I feel like that is my, um, my Chiron. Uh, when you look at your astrology, the Chiron and how that lays out in your birth chart is really like what you're supposed to heal in this lifetime and mine has been self-worth. So when I look at that, I go back to my childhood and it's so important because I know like for me, that's awakened and for the ones that are you look at your children, if you have kids and you, I know for my son, I'm so protective of him and making sure that he has a childhood. Like that's not like mine. Mine's was full of responsibilities. No fun. Like you're responsible for this. I'm conditioned to be a service to other people, uh, putting myself last, not putting myself first. Um, all those conditionings that were, uh, implanted in me as a child. And understanding like, you know, no, you're not worthy of having a childhood. You're not worthy of being happy. This is just how life is. You're just going to have to deal with it. And it was conditioned in me. So the majority of my young adult life, I just worked really hard, um, a very successful at a young age. However, it was all about me being a service to other people and putting myself last. Uh, making sure that everybody's good and not really thinking about me. And as I've gotten older, I built this resentment of people that totally take advantage of me. 
And I do a lot of trauma bonding based off of that. I, you know, pick mates that I want to fix, which is, which is kind of crazy because as a, a healer, we attract people that need healing. Um, I can be in a grocery store. I can be at the gas station. It doesn't matter. God sends me certain people to, to talk to and to put, and to put light in. That's just how I do things. That's just how it always is. However, um, there was no boundary set uh, on the beginning of my journey. So to go back with my childhood, I had to, while I was sitting down writing the things that make me the happiest, I'm like, so if these things are so simple in my life, why am I having such a hard time getting there? Because it was the conditioning that was done to me as a child. And, and I'd done this exercise a long time ago, but I needed to do it again. And that exercise was healing my inner child. What would you say to your younger self? And when I tell you, if you really sit down and there's all kinds of meditations and things that you can look up on YouTube on how to do this, but I tell you what I did. I have a picture. I actually posted on my Instagram of my brother and I, and in that picture, I had to be about three, three years old, three or four. I was very tall at a young age, but that didn't work because I'm only five foot two now but anyway um I was three years old I was really tall and I had broke my arm and then I picture um I looked at my younger self this three-year-old child and I was thinking man the conversations I would have with her about her self-worth about her complexion about her beauty that is unique about her light that is so bright that when she walks in a room people automatically are drawn to you people want to gift you stuff um that is the gift that God gave you and not to shy away from that I used to be I want to say like in college college is when I really started blossoming and um during that time, people would always compliment me and I'd just be like, Ugh, no, like, Ugh. you know, because I just, in my head, I always thought that I was really ugly. Um, I needed to be a certain complexion. Um, I felt like my hair needed to be a certain way um, because those were the conditionings that uh, was given to me when I was growing up. And it wasn't a lot of self-love. It was like self-loathing and it was struggle. You know, a lot of uh, marriages that was around me uh, was struggle love, right? And uh, you got to sacrifice so much of yourself in order to be in this relationship. You have to, you know, even though I had a lot of positive male role models in my life, you know, they took care of the household while the woman took care of the back part. And it was this conditioning, like, you know, well, you just, just cook and clean kind of thing. And you take care of the house and the man takes care of everything else. And this is what you do. And I grew up with that with my grandparents. Because they were old. They were really old. And because uh, my dad was a baby and my grandparents were really, really, really old by the time I was uh, born. But anyway. You know, all those conditionings that are, it's attached to emotions. And then as you become an adult, you relive these things. Sitting there looking at the simplest things that make me happy. 
was really me trying to break through the generational curses that's put on my family for generations. A woman being totally independent, and I've always have all of my life. Um, I don't know what it feels like to have someone come in and be like, let me take care of you um, in any aspect. Uh, I've never had that ever. I've never had anyone to say, hey, April, let me get this for you without me having to ask. Um, So when you are writing down like the things that make you happy, you reflect back on that like, damn, what the fuck have I been doing to myself? And, it, and I mentioned earlier about trauma bonding, like the relationships that I've had, a lot of trauma bonding, a lot of let me heal you. What can I do for you? Let me be a service for you and not really taking a look at myself and be like, what is this person giving to me? And I've been on this thing for so long about getting my, uh, pouring into my cup that spirit's not letting me let this go because <laughs> I'm like I got the lesson but they're like on me like on me completely and it's not that I don't feel like no one's filling my cup because I've had friends to do that it's just in relationships I have not um without them having an agenda behind it Like, I'm going to do this for you, but I know that if I do this for you, then I'll receive X, Y, Z. You know, when I give, I give from my heart. And it's not for uh, me to receive anything in return. Um, So to pull this all together, when you are doing your happiness exercise and really sitting down and focusing on what makes you what will make you happy in the present like right now nothing in the future or nothing that's attached to anyone else that you truly focus on what will make you happy now you really have to reevaluate the conditioning that you were raised in because that inner child work has to be done because you're not going to believe that you deserve the things that you wrote down to make you happy You're not going to believe it. You're just writing down a to-do list and it's not going to manifest. It's never going to manifest until you believe that it's going to. And if you don't believe it's going to, it's not going to happen. And a lot of times we can say as many affirmations and write things down and do all these things. And you want, you think that you're going to manifest. It's not going to work. It's not going to work until you have the feelings behind it. Until you have the feelings like, you know what? I want to be married. I want a family. But then you date men, you know, you have no business dating. Okay. We date men that, um, fixer uppers. <laughs> like I'm going to fix him. I know he's broken. So I'm going to like glue him together without thinking about myself. I'm going to, take this job because it's the status is great um but the money's not great so I'm going to struggle until then I've done that or I'm going to take this job the money's great but it's not really what I want to do but it looks really good on my resume so I'm just going to settle for that I've been there as well I've done it all okay um 
And I just don't want to do that anymore. There's no more compromising on my life anymore. There's no bargaining. There's none of that. You know, when my dad died um, of a heart attack at 60 years old, okay, I haven't been right since. Let me just say that. Because it came out of nowhere. And, um, and it was like a huge heartbreak. And I felt like, my parents would be around for a long time, uh, not forever, but for a, for a while. And then when he died, it was just like, wait a minute now, <laughs> what have I been doing with my life? So instead of really focusing on the things that make me happy, what I did was I threw myself into my job, into my career because I was making a lot of money and on the outside looking in, I've talked about this before on previous podcasts, like on the outside looking in, everybody was like April and her baby daddy got shit tight. You know what I'm saying? Our house is huge and we had all these cars and we just living great and we looked good together and we had this beautiful little boy, you know, it was just really, really great on the outside looking in, but I was very unhappy um, with everything because I didn't want to, um, really heal from that and what that meant for me losing my father and I dated men that were like my father and I went through that phase I had to heal from that it was just like this process but to really sit down and to find out and I never wanted to during all of this time, never wanted to sit down and really think about what would make me happy. I was busy, like, I got it together. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I can do it all by myself. This is how it is. And then it just didn't work out like that. And then here I am, and I've been stuck. I've been stuck for a few years now. And I've been stuck for a few years because what makes me happy is not going to feel good for the people that's around me. And that's really hard when you have spent the majority of your life being a service to other people. And what makes me happy, those five things on the list, is not going to feel good to anybody but me. And that is hard to adjust to. But it's necessary. And during this Mercury retrograde, it's the best time to do this work because you are reflecting um, not to be actionable with the things that you write down on your list, but to really get an understanding that what makes you happy, you believe that you can achieve it and you're worthy of it. And you never know what God has in store for you once you start really focusing on yourself. And pouring in your cup and feeding your cup and being selfish to you in your life and your path and what you want to do for you. People are literally dying every fucking day, every day. Okay. Um, as you guys know, I've mentioned before, like my 15 year old nephew was shot and killed on the day of the insurrection was January 6th. And ever since then, it's been a shit show in our family, okay? And to really understand that life is so precious. Like, how do you die at 15 years old? Like, at 15 years old, right? And we just take it for granted 
so much. People get in car accidents and crazy things are happening. People are losing their minds. It's the world that we live in and we really are just existing in life and not living life. And I just made a commitment to myself just past couple of weeks that I am learning to say no. I'm learning to put boundaries up. If I can't be your cheerleader right now, then I'm not going to be. Because most of my friends expect me to be a cheerleader. And they and, and it's a fact. Because that's what I've been in their life most of their life. But it's time for me to get a cheerleader. It's time for me to have somebody to pour into me. And, and also to know that I deserve it. And to know that the happiness is not... Uh, tied to anything it's tied to you and you living your life and being on your path and knowing that it's divinely guided and protected we tend to want to be people pleasers as healers and uh, those days are over over and a lot of it is conditioning from your childhood so I tell you guys that everyone that's listening to my podcast all around the world um in great britain um in germany in india the u.s um it doesn't matter where you're listening to this podcast around the world i just want you to just listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth and understand the passion that i have for really you finding what makes you happy and doing that. Nobody wants to be at the end of their life with full of regrets. Nobody wants to be at the end of their life having to settle. You know, we, me and my sister was just talking about like um, this Twitter that uh, the suite that happened about like men don't marry the woman that they love. Men marry the woman when they're ready to settle the woman that's available and that's there. And I totally agree with it. <laughs> and it's just so crazy to me that why would you not marry the person that you love? Why would you settle and be unhappy just so that you can be like, yeah, I'm married and I have control over this situation and she's not going to challenge me and she's not really going to hold me accountable, you know, and she's here right now and she's going to do what I asked her to do because she wants to be married. But the person that I really want to be with is over there. The person that I love with all my heart and soul is over there because the person that you love and that you're connected to is the person that God sent you. It's super, super super easy God's never going to send you someone that you have to struggle with that you have to constantly fight with that you have to feel like you got to be in struggle love God doesn't do that I've seen it firsthand I've seen couples that work things out it's not going to be a cakewalk it's not a Hollywood romance but it's a partnership that is divinely guided that it's meant to be And a lot of men resist that because they're like, well, that means I have to change things in me. Absolutely, you do. You can't be a hoe no more. Sorry. Can't be fucking a bunch of bitches. Okay. (laughs) You just can't. 
you have to learn the lessons that that your partner brings to you. Um, you have to be understanding and patient and gracious with your partner as well. It's a, it's a back and forth. You feed me, I feed you. Everybody's talking about 50, 50 or whatever. None of that really matters at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? If both y'all out here getting it and grinding, it is all about what y'all can do together. It's a partnership. And the fact that, you know, a lot of men agree with that tweet, it just blows me away. I don't, I haven't been married because I will never settle. I don't care if I'm 50 years old with a cane and a walker, which I won't have that anyway, but I'm just saying walking down an aisle for the first time. I've been engaged a couple of times and um, come close to it uh, more than that. And I'm still never going to settle. And that is one of my non-negotiables and one of the things that make me happy. And I wrote that down on my list. And the list wasn't, the goal wasn't marriage. The goal was a divinely guided relationship that's balanced. And equal. That's not struggle love. And. That's what I deserve. But when I rewind back to my childhood. I just think about the sacrifices that my mom did. My grandmother. My aunts. It was a lot of sacrifices of them. You know rather they. You know gave up on their careers. To follow the man. And do all this other stuff. That is old school. That is over and done we don't do that anymore we are following God's purpose we are living in our purpose we are on our path and the person that is divinely guided for you is going to help support that it's going to bring that out in you because that's what you deserve so we have to get rid of these conditionings that we have um, as children and also when it comes to money which is something that I'm definitely working on <laughs> because I've always made money and if I don't have it, I'll get it. <laughs> and it's a, and it's a, a chase. I chase it, you know, and I don't want to be a money chaser. I want to be abundant that it comes to me. And that is what, you know, God and in my spirit guides and my ancestors have been working on me with, but that goes back to the conditioning that I had as a child. So because we always had it and it was like okay my father if he was down to his last dime I remember one time I gotta tell you the story it's crazy so my dad um has he is a money he was a money magnet okay it was insane he never even tried it was just crazy so I remember one time he was just like man I don't have any money I'm like broke and I'm like what what are you talking about and I just uh, was sitting at the table and he left and he came back and my mom was in the kitchen getting us something to eat. I don't, I kind of, it's kind of fuzzy, but all I remember is that he said he didn't have any money and I was just like, what are you talking about? And then he left, he came back and there were rolls of money on the table like it was like he hit the lottery and I'm standing there like what in the hell is my dad a drug dealer like what's going on here and I don't even remember where he got it from I just know that 
he was a money magnet and money always came to him. Even if he was at his last or if something happened because he was out of work, like his job had got like furloughed and all this other stuff, but he always got it. He had always had it. And, um, and there was tough times growing up, but it was very rare and he just always had it. And it was just mind blowing to me because I'm like, I want to be like that. And it's the opposite of what my mom is. My mom was like chasing money. Like I got to do this. This is all about money. Every conversation, every day, all the time is about money. And it's like, no, my father knew and tapped into the abundance of having money come to you and not having to work so hard for it. People that are wealthy don't work hard for money, honey. They work smart, not hard. They don't chase money. Money comes to them. They manifest it. It's a flow. And it's something that I'm learning as well because and it's the conditioning. That's why I bring that story up because this condition of that I grew up, I was like, I got to chase it. The women in my family, money chasers, okay? College educated, money chasers is what we're going to do. We're going to get the this job because this job is going to pay the most. This is all that what is, and that was the conditioning. And it's so hard because I, I have dreams, you guys, of me being in my previous field. And it's really spirits like, that's not what you want. And it always ends bad. Like when I wake up, I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh my God, I can never do that again. Oh my God, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do it. Because God's working on my conditioning. And that's why it's very important to do the exercise. So let me just be clear on what the exercise is. Because <laughs> I've been rambling. But I also think that it's divinely guided messages that come through a lot of times when I'm doing my podcast. The inner child work, like I said, you can go on YouTube and do, there's all kinds of meditations. But what I personally did was I sat down and I looked at that picture of the three, my three-year-old self with my broken arm. <laughs> and I just had not a worry in the world. And I sat down and I told her what she becomes. And I'm not going to share that because I'm not ready to share that. But I told her the things that I would have told her if I was her parent. And it's the things that I tell my son at 10. He has bad days at school because he's going through this change right now that's necessary for his growth. And all I want to do is protect him. But at the same time, I know that this is, uh, this is what tough love is. And uh, it's, it's tough. And I think that we have to understand that, you know, even, you know, as parents, our children are going to go through things. And when they do, we need to have an understanding that they have their own path to live. And even at 10 years old, he's going to remember what happened for the last 18 months with COVID, you know, with not being in school, with homeschooling, with, you know, going back to school, going to a new school district, all of that, um, it's conditioning him. And, uh, and I don't want him to, to be like me. I want him to have a flow of money. And he does like people give him money on the streets. It's like insane, but I love it. I want him to understand that, that he doesn't have to work hard for money. That money comes to him. We live an abundant life. Um, you know, I think that that's a really good exercise for you guys to do 
um, today. Uh, whenever you listen to this podcast, hopefully that you take the time to do this exercise. It took me maybe 30 minutes, but I really just sat there for hours <laughs> crying, snot running out my nose, looking crazy as hell. Um, because it was something that I needed to heal within me and it was hurtful. And, uh, the conditioning, uh, was real, the conditioning, uh, of me, uh, of self-worth of me knowing that I am this very powerful woman, um, that have all these gifts that God gave me and that I'm literally changing people lives is something that I don't think that I really grasp. Um, not only with this podcast, but with the people that I touch in everyday life with the people that, um, allow me to be their coach for the people that buy my products for the people that just come in my path that I just touch so deeply that I get these messages and tears and people crying and so forth and, um, just of appreciation. And it's humbling to me. Um, I don't let it feed my ego because that could easily happen. I'm a Leo. (laughs) I'm ego driven. Um, but at the same time I check myself. Um, and that's a part of personal accountability. We're not perfect. We all have our own shit with us and I never pretend that I'm not, I know I'm an egomaniac and it's okay. Um, but I check myself, you know, with that a lot. And I know that, um, I'm special and I'm deserving And I'm loved and I'm protected. And when you really understand what all of that means, then you will understand that it is okay for somebody to pour in your cup, to drop off those conditionings that, um, that have hindered you. So on that note, (laughs) uh, thank you so much for sticking with me and rocking with me and standing beside me. I know I'm so inconsistent with this podcast, uh, but I told you I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better (laughs) on Mondays. Uh, Thank you so much for allowing me to be in your heart, in your home, Um, wherever you listen to this podcast. I hope that you take what I give you and um, take it in and love on yourself more and to look at the things that you have done right in your life. And understand that, you know, this path that we're on, this spiritual path is hard. It's not for the weak, but it's also rewarding. And I can promise you, God is always going to light up your path. You just got to take the first step. You take the second step. You keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you never give up and you never quit. Never quit, never give up and always understand that your spiritual team, your version of God, what that means for you. Um, your ancestors that have passed, your spiritual team wants you to win. And they're going to make sure you will, but you have to do your work and your part as well. And that's a great time during this Mercury retrograde to reflect, to plan, and then let execution start on October the 19th. Uh, Don't start anything new right now. October 18th is when uh, Mercury retrograde goes direct. Um, After that, then it, it, you know, it falls into the shadow period. And I mean, start executing on the 19th. I've always done that, you know, start executing the end of October. But now is the time for you to start reflecting, healing, writing things down and understanding that 
that happiness work exercise that I actually got to do last episode, put it up somewhere and look at it every day and know that those things on that list are achievable and yet you're deserving of it. Okay. All right, guys, you know how to reach me, thesoulcoach.org. Thank you so much uh, for all your love and support. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Soul Coach, the podcast.